0: Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast, where we normally rank every story from A to Z, uh, but we're not going to do that this week. Instead, I'm Zach. Mm -mm. This is Adam, by the way. Adam, say hi. Hi, I'm Adam. Adam's here, (laughs) and we also have with us friend of the show, uh, senior editor at Marvel, head of the X-Men line, not head of X, according to the uh, credits, but I'm sure he's working on fixing that, uh, (laughs) Jordan D. White. Jordan, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, Just a a quick editorial comment, a little uh, note for you. If you're ranking them A to Z, there's no judgment because that's alphabetical.
2: Yeah, um, um, it's just a joke because my name starts with. I, yeah, get, I got he gets it. it. He's you giving us a hard that. time.
0: <laughs>
2: but that today we're ranking them from G to J to D to W. Oh, well, so. that's not in order at all. So that <laughs> yeah, makes no, no sense. <laughs> it doesn't ever make any sense. Uh, Listen, we're
0: just kind of we're just kind of vibing here. We're just kind of enjoying. Uh, x-men comics mostly I, other yeah comics too.
2: but but well but hold
1: on sorry mm-hmm. sorry just going back to my dumb joke uh, <laughs> it does make me wonder how long it would take people to realize you were doing it that way if you were like every single time you just put it into the list alphabetically and we're like i think <laughs> i'm gonna put this right under this other one with a very similar name and people would probably be so mad at your judgments that it would take yep. them at least at least
2: a while to figure out that it was just alphabetical. It's <laughs> like when people rank Star Wars. Yes, in, and they do uh, it chronological in chronological order. <laughs> I love it. Well, and and listen, I
1: <sighs> I don't want to talk about Twitter so much, but one of my favorite tweets I ever did was the one where I tweeted about the actual actual absolute for real <laughs> ages of all X characters and I
2: put yeah. the amount of time that passed since they debuted. <laughs> and <laughs> it took people a little that bit of time. It was
0: fun.
2: <laughs> well, it is great to have you uh, here, JDW. I think was, we said before we started recording, we uh, last caught up with you before the pandemic uh, in February in Chicago. I believe um, it's been a
0: moments after Ten of Swords was announced.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And here we are after the 22-part massive uh, crossover event. So how are you feeling about all that? Uh, great great and relieved like it was
1: I'm really happy with how it turned out I, I really like it a lot um, but it was so much work and thinking about how long it took us to do it is crazy it's it's it literally <laughs> is crazy because you're saying February but we at some point I was looking at I think when around, right around the time when we finished the, the, the last issue sent it to press I was looking at when we got the first like document for it mm-hmm. And I don't remember now, but I'm pretty sure it was like, I'm pretty sure it was like the very beginning of November of 2019. So we literally worked on this thing for
0: a full year. Um, And no changes happened in that time, right? This is is right from the start, exactly the vision that you originally intended for this. No,
1: no, not even. I mean, when I say, because that's, yes, when I say document. I got you know it kind of would be fun to look at that document again, but I don't remember even what was in it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a play by play. It didn't have a beat by beat breakdown of the story. It just would have had rough ideas of the story. And like, definitely, definitely, multiple times throughout the making of this, we got together as a group and came up with crazy nonsense that changed everything. I mean, if if the last time we talked was when we announced it, that's right, the day after C2E2, we had an X summit. Everybody in a room. <laughs> Yes, with an omelette bar and an omelette cook, <laughs> the famous, the
2: famous omelette.
1: <laughs> and uh, and we beat out a bunch of the stuff in that meeting. So there was a bunch of things that did not exist uh, when I talked to you last that now have been uh, come up with, executed and read by the public already.
0: So that original draft was a lot closer to, like, a bar napkin that just had scribbled on it, what if we gave them swords? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm trying to even think if it had – no, it definitely had that. It must have had that. I, re- I don't remember when Teenie came up with the name Ten of Swords, but as soon as she did, it
0: was like, oh, that's that's awesome.
1: It's very, and I think it was before a, that.
0: It's very good. And one thing one thing that really stood out about that event and then this whole – krakoa era you know in general is that this line has some incredible artists who are working on it right now uh you know ten of swords destruction came out uh pepe laraz uh Marte gracia doing the colors was absolutely fantastic a incredible suite of people doing everything else in that event uh and one thing one thing that's kind of come up in our minds just Walk through. I think there's been a lot of discussion going on about how you cast a writer for a book, you know, through the pitching process and things like that. What what's your process for casting an artist on a book? Well, that's that's very
1: complicated. Um, So one of the big reasons that that is different than casting a writer is that um, while a writer can probably write a few books at once. Uh, an artist cannot draw a few books at once, or unless, again, unless they're—I don't know who—who who does that nowadays? Camo, I think, still does it. <laughs> Giuseppe Cammackoli is pretty, pretty prolific, <laughs> but mm. I, most most artists have to obviously focus on one book at a time. I mean, I, it, it's a it's a rare artist nowadays who can even draw a book in a month. So mm-hmm. um, most of the time, you need more, more than one artist on a monthly book. So that changes things because. Um, because we're not, because we're not a creator-owned book that is just making decisions in a vacuum. We're part of Marvel, and so Marvel has a relationship with all of these artists. And so one of the big factors that I think not everybody would know about is that there is a discussion of what is the best thing f- for Marvel with these artists. If you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whether it is best for Marvel to keep. Pepe in the ex-office or to have him go do another book or, or things like that. Now, obviously, of course, the editors and the writers and the artists themselves all have says in these. Says? says? I have <laughs> says in these things? That doesn't sound right. But have a say? they each have a say individually um, in this. But, that, but I'm just saying that's a big part of it that I think a lot of people don't even realize happens, mm-hmm. is that there has to be a kind of uh, negotiation of that uh because because definitely I can go, oh, you know who's a good artist is this guy but it's like, oh, but he's already working on chips Daredevil for the next six months or or this person is gonna be free in two months, like is that too late to start the series and so there's a lot of scheduling and a lot of uh working with our talent management team who works mm-hmm. who work closely with the artists uh to get them set up with work and 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 in their relationship with Marvel as I said um. But then beyond that, it comes down to us talking about the feel and the tone of the book and what kind of a, a vibe we want them to have. And, um, and of course, you know, re- personal relationships enter into it as well. There are artists right. and writers who have great relationships and work well together and want to work together more. Jerry and Phil are good friends. Um, mm-hmm. So they love – Jerry Duggan out.
0: and Phil Noto, yes. uh, writer and artist on cable.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've, they've worked together a ton over the years. They did a book – uh, at Image before uh, Jerry ever did Deadpool called mm-hmm. Infinite Horizon. It's a very beautiful book. And uh, so, yeah, they've been working together for ages. So any chance they get, they want to work together. And that's true in various combinations uh, all over the all over the line and over all over the industry. So there's a whole lot of factors. Um, mostly we start with a, a book we know is going to happen. We say, all right, here's – well, I'm trying not to say new books that haven't been announced yet. <laughs> say
0: sword. We can say sword. We'll, Sword's we'll not there. out. Sword's well, sword not is, out.
1: Sure, I'll say sword because it's a name. Uh, but yes. although it's pretty clear how we got. Can you
2: we can come up with other honest?
0: names, Jordan. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, okay, Untitled so, Moira book. All this
1: stuff. We can figure it out. We say okay. We know we're going to do a maggot ongoing. So <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Perfect. Yep.
1: And we talk. Is that ready? And we so we go to Alan Moore and we say to him, "What kind of a feel are you going for in your in your maggot book? <laughs> And he says to us, it's going to be like a real slapstick comedy. Yes. And so we go into our – we start thinking <laughs> a about pitch, it. great pitch, by the way. <laughs> and we go to our guys uh, in talent management. We say – if we have – and, of course, if, if I or Alan have suggestions for a specific artist to look into, we'll look into them specifically. Right, but right. otherwise, we'll go to our talent management group and we'll say, um, here's the kind of thing we're looking for. Like, We know we'll have script here. We know we have to launch here. Uh, who in the talent pool that we're working with, or new people? Because they mm-hmm. definitely are always. Uh, Ricky Purden is always scouting for new talent, uh, not by going to conventions mm-hmm. right now, but by looking in his email and reading lots of PDFs. And so he'll sure. frequently show us new folks that we've never seen before, and we'll go, "Oh, that, you know, that person's good." Oh, that person doesn't fit, or things like that. Well, names will get thrown out. We'll bring those names back to Alan Moore. <laughs> Oh I, I really shouldn't continue this because somebody's going to believe Alan Moore is
0: writing an X book. It's not. It's not a I true. I be very I've never clear. spoken to
1: Alan Moore. I've never met Alan Moore. I would love to meet I him. Like,
0: I feel like anyone who knows Alan Moore is aware enough that this, Where? Is, this is fiction, right?
1: Um. So we go back to the writer and we say, "Here's here's some suggestions we have. What do you think of these?" And then we'll go back and forth. And and, and that's because we respect them. It's not because the writer is the most important. It's like they don't get to that final call.
0: I, I don't want yeah, the original it sound like- writer doesn't get any of the final decision in this maggot ongoing series.
1: <laughs> well, I, again, I, I don't want to make it sound too positive to them or too negative. I love my writers and I respect them, and that's mm-hmm. why I want to engage with them on every level and, and collaborate with them on every level. Um, so I do want to know very much. Do you think this person will fit what, what you're going for? Um, but at the same time, I don't want to make it sound like I just gave complete control over to them. And if, if you want a job as an artist, bug the writers more. No, that's not, that's not how it is. They don't have final yay or nay. They have input. It's a whole collaboration. And then if we get a name that we all think sounds good, we reach out to that person and we, we say, Do you want to do this book? Here's here's what it is. Here's what it's about. Here's the 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 here's the writer. Here's the schedule. What do you think? Can you make this work? And hopefully they say yes, I'd love to.
0: I think that's that's very interesting because I think that's something that there's a lot less transparency on. Partly because of, you know, there are multiple writer or multiple artists on a book, so it's not just one consistent voice, even if you're trying to match tone stylistically and things like that. Uh, that's, so I mean, that's I a hard,
1: that's a hard thing to, to reckon with. I mean, I, uh, so I worked on Deadpool for a long time. Right. And I did, I, I worked on Deadpool for something in the realm of like five years as the editor. And in those five years, we did minimum 18 issues a year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for example, on the Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn written Deadpool, we always had three art teams going, but I took yeah. a lot of pride in the fact that to make that machine run smoothly, like we had not, not for the entire time, but we tried to keep consistent art teams. And I don't mean consistent style. I meant like the same teams coming back over, right. and over again. So unfortunately, Tony Moore only launched it, but then Mike Hawthorne was our next um, mm-hmm. ongoing guy. And he stayed on all the way through to Jerry's last issue. Scott Koblish as well. Um, technically did an issue before even Hawthorne did but he didn't mostly do arcs at the beginning he just did fill it just the, the fill-in right. issues so the two of them kept going the entire time and then we brought in other artists uh Declan Shelby uh did did
0: an arc um a bunch it's of people a pretty did pretty good arc arcs. that one's a pretty good, it's a good one. one like it's a good one that's the one that we would be willing to rank on this list
1: well wait why wouldn't you rank all of them I don't understand because Deadpool's not an Men.
0: Deadpool's not in your office. That's that's the rules we're using right now. <laughs> that's actually not true. Oh.
1: What? Jake Thomas, the editor of Deadpool, uh, now works for me. Is this? Oh. No.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So, and and he brought Deadpool with
1: him. So the Deadpool oh. book is now under my office umbrella again.
0: So, so Deadpool's an X Men again. That's what we're hearing?
1: I mean, he's also an Avenger.
0: Sure, sure, sure. He's also King of Staten Island. An uncanny
2: Avenger. No, he was a... Um, He was a legit card? I don't know anything about that. Yes, in
0: Axis, he got his Avengers card. I remember (laughs) it very specifically. He
2: was an uncanny Avenger, mostly. But yes, yes, he did get his card.
1: And I mean, he also... I think technically, I don't know that he was ever an X-Man. But there was definitely an issue where they asked him to come help on something, and he was like, "No." But that officially counts as you
2: asking me to be an X Men. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's that Fabian. No, uh, isn't it that? Well, oh it no, might have been in that too. I was thinking the time in J's run.
0: That's when he needs their help. They need his help oh, okay. later with something with. I think Mercury? I don't remember. It's in the Daniel Way know. art run, and I've not actually. Oh, read that. I, no, I wasn't even
1: talking about that. I was talking, definitely, it was definitely in Jerry's run, the scene I'm talking about, because oh. he was at the Xavier school. He was at the Gene Gray school, oh, I should say. Right, right. Dropping the, off the uh, uh, the genetically modified
0: yes, X-Men. the ones from that Declan Shalvey right. good, bad, and ugly arc.
1: And then for, they asked him to, like, go help with something, and he was like, anyway, this is all silly. Decl- Deadpool's <laughs> not actually currently an X-Men, and he's definitely not one- a mutant.
0: If there's one thing people on this podcast really love is when we talk about Deadpool. So I'm sure they it. will. We could. You want to do more? We could do more on Deadpool. <laughs> I I am I am woefully behind <laughs> on Deadpool. I've not gone back and reread Jerry's Run, which is something I've legitimately had on my list of things to do this year because well I've had a lot of time to read comics. Jordan, I'm so I'm so proud of it. I, re- I really am.
1: I I love that run so much. So. If you ever do go back and reread it, feel free to ask me to come blab about it for 20 years because I'm so proud of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, yeah. Why, so why did we?
1: I don't. That was a huge tangent. I don't know how we figured out on it, it no, out. No, no. No, we've got, this is content. good. This is
0: good.
2: These
1: are headlines yeah, you were talking we about <laughs>
2: Artists. Artists. Yeah. You were talking about kind of like the revolving arts. You have to plan for of... it. You have to plan for it.
1: Yep. The the ideal situation is to be able to have, a team, have teams that will be able to keep coming back. Um, mm-hmm. That's not always possible for yeah. various reasons but that's the best way to do it sorry go ahead yep
2: all right so let me keep it in the art zone The art um zone. and zach is gonna get angry because i'm skipping ahead on our questions uh, are you but
0: that's fine i don't care
2: <laughs> um i'm just looking at destruction 40 pages <sighs> of what i would consider the most gorgeous comic book art i have probably ever seen um I am on the record. I think Pepe Larraz is hands down the best in the biz right now. Agreed. Um, I want him drawing X-Men for the rest of time. Um, But obviously when you are getting artwork of that caliber, it's got to take a lot of time. And I think it was just from, you know, sort of like backseat quarterbacking here. It's like a very smart decision to have him do the bookends and the center book, but how much time in advance do, do he and Marte have to actually put the book together?
1: I, I mean, well, if you're talking about destruction, like, yeah, they finished Even right just before that, it, it went to press. <laughs> like, they finished <laughs> no, <really>. very recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Creation, they, ha- they had done significantly early, and mm. same with, to a, to a lesser degree, the the uh, the middle one. Stasis. 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 Um, which, stasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Creation, stasis, and destruction. Those three things everyone knows goes together all the time.
1: Well, from now on, <laughs> that'll be the thing. Wait, just – I'm telling you. I bet you within five years – I'm not going to say this because I don't actually think it's gonna, I was going to say within five years, there will be a Spider-Man event with a creation, stasis, and destruction, but I don't think that's actually <laughs> true. I would love yeah. it.
2: Spider-Verse. <laughs> destruction. <laughs>
1: But, well, actually. Well, like I said, I mean, with, with regarding the names, we were just, we were just, mostly we were like, we're super sick of Alpha and Omega. It's been Fair. done to mm. death. And what do you do as the middle one? Yeah. <laughs> so we went, we're yeah. just going to come pick, up with something new.
2: Pick a Greek letter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to do an epsilon in the middle. We just didn't think it would be a good idea. Um, so Pepe. So, yeah. Uh, but that being said, so he was working on it since, I mean, it, you can, you could do the math yourself. I don't have the dates in front of me, but he, the last thing he did before creation was uh, a the
0: Empire Avengers. Avengers. Right. Yep. Yeah. So God that a lot of vines there. He's, just, he's drawn a lot of vines. <laughs> in loves
2: his those vine. plants. <laughs> and if I
1: remember correctly, I don't think I'm speaking out of school to say I think he finished that relatively close to when that went to press as well. So I would say. Um, Immediately after that, we started him working on creation and he's been working on the Ten of Swords consistently since then. Um, As destruction was coming in, we were literally murdering him uh, because I will I will I don't I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say that. It didn't come in as a full script. It didn't the, – the, the entire thing wasn't written. Ah. Out, so we gave him a little piece at a time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. don't tell anybody I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell their listeners. No, listeners, you can hear it, but they are forbidden to speak of it. Everyone's Fair sworn enough. to secrecy. <laughs>
2: um,
1: it's a thing that happens sometimes, especially with giant. Sure projects that you're working on and putting so much work into so anyway the point is he would get a, 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 whatever chunk of pages he was getting at a time and as you could see from that issue it would be like here's another chunk of pages and it'll be like another army shows up and he was just like right what are you doing to me why why do you hate me and we were like we don't we know you're gonna draw the best five armies fighting that have ever been drawn it's gonna be great
0: at any point in any yeah. of the scripts were any of the armies on horses and did he did he yell at you very hard about that till it got changed
1: you know i don't think no i think that there was only one very specific horse and that was not in in his issue that was in hellions i don't think there That's were
0: fair, horses it was a good it was a good horse <laughs> I miss that princess place.
2: silvermane we love silvermane um now aside from from pepe uh, zach mentioned before you got an amazing roster uh, of artists on Mm. on these books. Uh, I think Phil was doing some outstanding work um, just across the board, but the one that really stood out to me, and I mean, I've been loving Josh's work on X-Force, but I feel like Josh Kassara really like, Stepped it up, and I, I'm just curious. You mean that guy? If,
0: you mean that guy over there that's got the uh, yeah? Who drew your at maggot the, on the, at wall? the and Tiki Bar? Yeah, yes, he's great. That,
2: that Josh cassara Josh is um, amazing.
1: Like, no, we I consider us incredibly lucky that we got a hold of Josh when we did. um If I remember correctly, um I mean, you want to talk about about casting? If I remember correctly, he had been doing Venom issues. If I, I think he was. A swing guy on venom and
2: okay. i'd have to go back and look yeah I, it's been
1: i mean it's been a while obviously so this was this was before x-force started mm-hmm. but um we were casting x-force we were looking into into folks and uh talent management brought us uh mentioned him to us and said check out this guy's art like we really think he's going places like he's really impressed us and uh we agreed we were like oh this is really awesome and uh like i said i think we're incredibly lucky because we got him and then i think he's only gotten better since then and i think everyone is realizing it. yeah so oh yeah yeah we're thrilled and and he is constantly pushing himself to even get better and to do to top himself that 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 aforementioned tiki bar scene i'm pretty sure that was all him wanting to do that i mean i'm I think it was him and Ben talking, like, came up with the idea, but he was like, he was the one who was like, I want to do a giant scene with a zillion characters in it. (laughs) That's the kind of (laughs) thing that a lot of times... you
2: usually hear from an artist, right? Yeah,
1: that's the kind of thing that a lot of times you wait for an artist to say it before you put it in a script. Now, again, we, we didn't do that to Pepe. We just... Buried him in characters, but uh, but but and like throw Gwenpool in there. <laughs> I'm very happy that he did. I'm very I, happy that he did.
0: I I am not joking. I got that page and I legitimately screeched at my desk and said, "Okay, hold on. I've got to. I've got to keep this to you know like professional." And then I immediately messaged Leah and said, "I'm screaming right now. She made it."
1: Yep. That's where she lives now, man. She's on Krakoa It's her
0: it's her home. She retconned herself into being a mutant. It's great. Everyone likes it. <laughs> um
1: So yeah, Josh. Josh is great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
0: thing, the thing is, legitimately, the the I love the writers and all that stuff that's on the books. It's great. Stories are good. The artistic talent that's on the book, even even the people who are doing one offs or, you know, aren't the biggest names in terms of, you know, like commercial appeal to, like, the general audience on some of these books. They're incredible. The the work that's being done is outstanding. Well,
1: you know, it's funny because we've been in an era for a while now where, uh, in some ways, the writers are the dominant force, you know, in, mm-hmm. in storytelling. Right. Um, and sure. I think that mm-hmm. is because of the stuff we talked about at the beginning, about that writers can write every issue of a book when an artist Usually can't draw every issue of a book, um, right? And so, and there are times when efforts are made, like the fact that that Josh and uh, and Ben communicate so closely on that, and the fact that Phil and and uh, Jerry are good friends, and you know, over over on that Venom stuff, that that Ryan and Donnie are on the phone all the time, mm-hmm. like they they collaborate really well, and when that can happen, that's great, but. Even in those cases, most of those cases anyway, like there there have to be other artists brought in. So I think as for the readers, they view the writers as the kind of uh, uh, through line. Um, right. But that's funny because in some ways the opposite is true in that I think it's much easier – Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is true, and you guys can, can, can be my sounding board on this. I think oh, that will. it's more likely that someone will be satisfied buying a really well-drawn book that isn't that great of a story than a really great story
2: that looks terrible. I agree. I know that not everyone would agree but I agree
0: <laughs> listen I'm, I'm not I'm not going to name names or anything like that but I know there are there are comics that I look forward to because it's like well I don't really care much about the story but there are pretty pictures in this yeah. one
1: <laughs> and and unfortunately the opposite is true there are I won't, and I definitely won't name any names here but there are writers who I love who have mm-hmm. collaborated with artists that I don't like their art. And so I'll start Mm -hmm. reading the book and I'll just be like, I I can't do this. I don't like the way it looks. Um, Yeah. And that power, like that's, that's the, that is what makes comic books, comic books. These aren't novels. Mm -hmm. These writers can all write novels and then it would be them making us like or not like the story. But the thing that makes it comics is that art. And that's why it has, I think, more power to, to bring the readers around. Um mm-hmm. so you're yeah, absolutely right to say that as bad. much as I love all of my x writers the the artists are the star of Ten of Swords they they are the ones who made this thing work
0: absolutely
2: yeah it's what makes Destruction kind of feel like um X-Men Endgame in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like every page flip was another like oh whoa whoa like it, it was a really
0: really uh, satisfying conclusion staying on staying on Ten of Swords mm-hmm. Uh, This event had a pretty interesting structure, Uh, not just with the names of Destruction and Stasis and all that, but, you know, it starts out the first two issues are, you know, set up of, hey, this is the story. These are the stakes. Mm -hmm. And then it goes right into a bunch of character pieces. They still move Mm -hmm. the story forward. They still do stuff, but they are very much about an individual or a group. So like that new mutants issue, that's about Doug and magic. The storm issue—that's about. Hey, this is Storm. She's really cool. You remember her? She's got a very good sword now. Uh, <laughs> and then the book pivots into very hard into Otherworld, which I know there are a lot of fans of Otherworld, myself included, who are like, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do some Sarenine stuff. This is great." Was and I know there were people who did feel like there was a bit of a whiplash here. Was there consideration given to that structure in trying to balance? How did how did you sort out on that being the way you wanted the event to look like?
1: Um, that's a good question. So let's see. Um, Pardon me. We're very fortunate that we've allowed we were we were able to do this relatively quickly. Now I know for some people who didn't enjoy it, they would say twenty two issues was not quickly, but I, I mean in time. Like I said, two months. Right. It was exactly. It was just over two months. Most weeks, three chapters
0: came out in the same week not not every week but a lot of the weeks that happened so listen as a guy who was editing three different chapters of this on tuesday night after my recording i was very happy about those one or two weeks i'll tell you that (laughs) so
1: exactly so we uh we took that was a big part of how, why we did it, things the way we did. If this was going mm-hmm. to play out over 22 weeks, it well, first of all, I don't even know that we would have done 22 chapters if it was only going to be one a week. But if we, even if it, we did, it would have felt different. We would have made some different decisions. The fact that we knew it could happen quickly allowed us mm-hmm. to uh, lean a little bit more into viewing it as one story. And I know... I know that uh, so people's opinions would be very colored though by, well, I read the issues that came out this week, and here's how I feel about it because of course, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But we were going, yeah, but we're still kind of viewing this as just one thing and it's what matters is how you feel about it when it's over. Right. So as an example, you mentioned that at the beginning it has all these character character stories. And I know that over the first couple weeks, there were folks saying uh, during the the sword quests, so to speak, that they were saying like this is. They said this is twenty two parts, but these are all completely unrelated. This is just a story about Storm. This is just a story about Wolverine. This is just a story about that. And my reply, I didn't really reply to them, but my internal reply <laughs> that You've I'm learned. saying to you now. You've learned. <laughs> yes. Yes. My 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 response to that now is yes. In the way that. Chapters of a novel will do that in the way that mm-hmm. if you're reading a novel that has 10 main characters that are going to all end up dovetailing together, at the beginning of the book, you might read a chapter about one character at the supermarket and the next chapter is a chapter about somebody playing football and you're like, football and supermarket have nothing to do with each other. No, but we'll get there. <laughs> and <laughs> and in addition, I mean, I think, I, I, I hope, assuming that we did a good job and I, I think we did, but assuming that we did, it, that will become clear by the end because you look at things like, well, all the stuff that happened with uh, Wolverine and Solemn in the Wolverine book that became important. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Cable going up there and meeting a bunch of aliens actually turned out to be pretty relevant to everything in the, in the long run because they, they needed that knowledge and they needed – and also the emotional – again, the emotional stuff is also a big part of it. We want to give right. the characters uh, personal and emotional stakes. Um, and then the pivot to other worlds. So, like, I, I know I've talked in the past about how we um, we expanded it from our original plans, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but I will say that that shape of it was always the case. It's not like we originally were only going to do half of the, either the first half or the second half. It was always going to be a, a middle point where it shifts from one to the other. It's just that in that version, they would have had to get more than one sword per issue and
0: the tournament would have been even faster. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we would have lost beautiful moments like Gorgon just really, really going at a rock. Well, you didn't see him do it. <laughs> Off but panel. yes, Off yes, panel. you would have. They're, they're it's, probably it's it's like, it's like feeling. a horror movie monster. It's better when you don't see everything and you have, you to, have to just it. fill in the the gory details.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I mean, and again, a but lot Gorgon of that coming through as the all star.
1: I know you guys have uh, talked to a number of folks in the X room, so I, I'm sure they've talked about these the the interactions we have into to various degrees. But like we're a really connected writers' room, so to speak. Like we mm-hmm. we're on Slack every day, um, making dumb jokes, but also working, and we are in a Zoom call every two weeks. Where we get together and touch base. And, you know, during Ten of Swords, that did become like very important because we had to really, uh, you know, so that everybody could give notes on each other's issues and make sure that everything lined up. And so that when we would get into the Zoom calls, we could really focus on planning things and be like, what are the important beats that are, need to make sure we're hit? Like, what, what things are not clear enough that we need data pages to expand, expound on? Um, You know, what's the verdict on this? What's the verdict on that? And like, yeah, there was just so many. Moving pieces and everybody needing to pull in the same direction and um, it was—I mean, I'm not going to lie—it was hard. It was the most work I have done on a, a story probably ever. Like I can't—I can't think of anything I've done that was this intensive. Because um, again, so, even Jordan. even House of X and Powers of Ten, like because it's just working with Jonathan. There was a lot of work right. that went into it, but it was straightforward, back and forth. You and me, were doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So do you find, I mean, we had Teeny on recently. We mm-hmm. talked a lot with her about the writer's room aspect of what you guys have going on right now and how cool that is and everybody yeah. giving each other notes. Um, despite how tight knit that is, does it make it more complicated when you're telling a story this big to make sure that you've got everything packed in and everybody gets their say?
1: Oh yeah! Listen, it is incredible. So I'm trying to think about the ones of these I've been involved in in the past, and mm-hmm. first of all, I've never been involved with one this big. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if there, I I don't know if there's ever been one that there was twenty two chapters that before. That big, right? <laughs> um, I, I I you know what? I worked on Battle of the Atom again, not twenty two chapters, but it was another mm-hmm. one of these, right? And mm-hmm. I think back on how we did that. And I don't, I don't know because <laughs> we didn't have what we have now. We didn't have all the writers in constant communication. Um, I think it was probably a little bit more. Here's a locked in outline. Here's what everybody needs to deliver on. Now mm-hmm. t- here's the chunk you're doing. Take that, make it into a comic and bring it back. Um, mm-hmm. And whereas this one, yeah, like it was, everybody really was like reading and commenting on each other's issues the whole time. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it, w- it was incredibly difficult. I think that everybody likes working together so much and likes the stories that we're telling together so much that they were willing to put in the extra work um, on mm. it. Uh, because it also because again, it also involves you know putting aside their stories to some degree. you know oh yeah, everybody was doing their own thing. We are collaborating when everybody's writing their own comics we're all reading each other's work and we're all talking to each other all the time, but it's not, we don't have to check it with each other. You know what I mean? It's not like, sure. It's, mm. Yeah. We don't give an issue of Marauders to teeny and go like, make sure this makes sense to you, but we might do that <laughs> in 10 of swords. Like go like everybody, right. please read this. Cause we want to make sure all the sides of the jigsaw come together. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: that's, that's interesting. I know we've, we've talked a lot about the, uh, We've talked a lot about the present, and we've talked a little bit about the past. We want to talk just a, just a smidge, sure. just a little bit about the future bit. that's coming up? So there's a there's a new era that's coming out of uh, out of Ten of Swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what's that era called again, Jordan? Uh, I see what you're doing here, and here's the thing: it's <laughs> Reign of X. It's okay. Reign. Oh, okay, it?
1: okay. <laughs> but I do <laughs> think settling that. Yes, yes. Listen, uh, that said, you know, say what you want.
0: Is it, is it fun messing with people like that now that, like, you've just ripped off that band and said, it's either an X or a 10, or maybe it'll be something different next time. Who knows? There, there
1: was a brief moment when I was like, should we call this Cross of Swords? But no, no, no. It's Ten of Swords. Uh, <laughs> Reign of It's just called Reign of X. It's just called Reign of X. Uh, in the same way that it was not the Dawn of Ten. It was still,
0: well, uh, yes, but X. it was also the House of X and the Powers of Ten. Y'all set that precedent pretty dang early. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe.
2: <laughs> no, that's it's that's, ten, that's, ten men, Zach. Ten men. Ten men.
0: Yeah, and the ten. Uh,
1: uh, we can never get no, but, to a hundred men because that would be bad.
0: <laughs> that would be. So it didn't make it into one of our pieces, but I will say that following that Roman numeral scheme. We, there were people who thought there was a non-zero chance that the white sword soldiers were the seamen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was, that's it. Yeah. That we should have done that, but we didn't. That's hilarious. And listen,
0: listen, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, right now you have, you have the whole Krakoa era and that's fantastic. We all like it. Uh, there's a lot of material coming from past writers, uh, You know, you've done a little bit with the uh, God Loves Man Kills stuff last year. Uh, The Paragon Collection has new stuff from Chris. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you've got things like X-Men Legends Mm -hmm. uh, and anniversary specials and all these coming through. Uh, Is the idea with that to balance this kind of new wild era of X-Men with some nostalgia and some older stuff that, you know, people who may not be digging – the island yeah. vibe for whatever reason, Absolutely. they have something to say, well, this is what the X – this is the X-Men before they turned into evil villains,
1: right? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, until that last part of your statement, I was ready to agree with you wholeheartedly. But that's yes. fair. That's fair. But yes, th- generally, yes, that is the idea. Like X-Men is uh, – obviously, we're doing a story about X-Men that we believe in and that we think is great. Not everyone sure. does. That's fine x-men is still for them um we don't own x-men well, i mean marvel owns x-men but when i say we
0: i mean us the creators working i on feel it right like now. of the people on this call <laughs> you have the biggest the biggest claim to owning
1: i am currently employed as caretaker of the x-men but i don't own them and and i would right. never uh try to make them into my personal plaything um because mm-hmm. that would make me an irresponsible caretaker. Um, so X-Men is still for the, those folks who don't like what we're doing. And X-Men has been a lot of things over the years. So it it doesn't hurt what we're doing to put out stories uh, about the X-Men of the past and about the, the previous eras and to celebrate them. Like, obviously, we love Chris Claremont, X-Men too. Obviously, we love, you know, Fabian and Louise and all those folks. They made books that we fell in love with. So we're mm-hmm. only happy... It's only too happy to 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 have them working on stuff at the same time. And if that can be X-Men content for fans who aren't as into the reign of X era now,
0: um that's totally cool. So with with that coming, uh wanna talk a bit about next year. 2021's on us. Mm, yeah, that's true. Jeez, Louise. This is this will be your fourth year as editor of no! these lines of books. It will, Jordan, because you started in 2018 where you got things ready for Hox Pox. 2019 launched this whole new era. Oh, my 2020 God. 2020 was about, you know, swords and saving the entire comics book industry single-handedly. So what's a... <laughs> who, who, who did that last part? <laughs> Listen, I've just... I've heard rumors about how these books may sell pretty well.
2: Yeah, they do all right. They They, they, do. they
0: do pretty good. Do pretty good. I, do, I only have I only have the Comicron numbers that are of questionable legitimacy on all aspects. Sure. But <laughs> those those seem to show a lot of X Men content up they, on top. They, like they, Nanny and Orphan Maker are beating the Avengers sometimes. Well, that is that's, that is a
1: little weird. But there's other books up there too. I, we're not single handed, that's for sure. There's a lot of great people doing great comics.
0: No. So what in your mind, what's the goal for twenty twenty one? Uh to beat all of those other people.
1: No, um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, to to keep just doing awesome X-Men stories, we've got, um, you know, obviously we've got a bunch of stuff planned already. Um, I can't talk about it, it too much. Um, we've got new things that people aren't expecting. Uh, we've got payoffs for things that people have been waiting for. We've got... Uh, we've got a really exciting thing. I don't even want to tell you when in the year it is that all of us are working together towards again, not in the same way that we are on, we did on yeah. 10 of swords. We're doing a collaborative thing in a very different way from 10 of swords, but one that we are all excited about, uh, doing. Cause I think it's something, it's something that's been done before I'm sure, but not, not a lot and not recently. So we're, 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 we're into the creative stuff that we've got coming out and some really neat stuff for some characters, some characters that haven't been focused on, will be getting focused on some uh, characters that have been focused on are going to get focused on again <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a lot. But
2: I don't, again, without being able to tell you specific things, I can't tell you anything. Well, I, I don't know what to say. Well, Zach did devise a little game here. Oh, right, uh-oh. Uh, just so that because we
0: know you can't, I did. like say it. You concretely. can't say you can't say everything. So here's here's what I've put on paper, Jordan. All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's try. I this. have written down things that Marvel has officially said Ooh. and that have not yet fully developed. Okay, all right.
1: I don't know if I like this, but let's let's well, th- try it here.
0: Let- Tell them the all rules. I, all I'm asking is for like a hotter or colder, like, oh, this is this is this is definitely definitely right here. this is, you know, we're still working through some details. Okay. I'll i I'll I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> you can try it. We'll see how you this can try works. it. I threw this on paper because I was I I had some things I needed to just throw out there. And you're saying it's <laughs> stuff that Marvel has said. Marvel may not have put a solicitation in previews but, but but this is something that Mar that has been communicated through Marvel let's 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 try it let's start with a should be easy one children of the atom oh yeah hot hot, hot. hot.
1: maybe not quite as hot as as you think but hot the excellent that that's not uh, I mean, that I think that's happening that's not a book I work on oh Oh, it had so an accident. Coming I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, it's totally, totally. <laughs> okay. That that was a uh, that's a book that uh started in my office uh, mm-hmm. when Darren Shan was in my office, but when he moved out, okay. he took it with him. All right, cool. But I'm pretty sure they're still working on it.
0: I I, I know that on uh WMQNA, our sister podcast, we had uh Peter Milligan said some details about it. Uh so <laughs> Well, there you go. So that one, that that's the easiest. No, part. that was a softball. Uh,
1: I see. That was supposed to be a softball.
0: That, okay, that was a softball for you. <laughs> Weapon plus. Uh, is there going to be more or less of that? Hotter or colder? Pro- probably colder. Fair enough. Okay. Cool.
1: I mean, I'm sad to say. I, I guess I can say this. Yeah, I guess I can say this because it's just a fact. I'm sad to say that the the person who was driving that car is no longer at Marvel, which is was my mm-hmm. uh, my terrific. Uh, coworker and former assistant, uh, Chris Robinson. So oh. that was one of his babies. And, uh, which is not to say as soon as he left, we were like, no, it's just that there wasn't any plans to continue <laughs> it at that moment. And he's right. the one who would have been banging the
0: drum to make it happen again. Probably. Okay. Rest in peace. My beautiful, beautiful child manslaughter.
1: Hey, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if he showed up.
0: <laughs> the characters that's, are still that's, there. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, now, this, this was actually printed in a Marvel comic, so I'm just going to throw the words out, X-Core. <laughs> Y'all well, first said of all, the book was coming. First of all,
1: you, you that one you said wrong, and not because it's Ten core but because it's X-Corp. It's not a core. It's a corp. Listen, there's been
0: both X-Core and x Corpse at the exact same time in X-Men. It's been a whole thing. Wait,
1: there
2: was an x
0: Corpse? Yes, uh... T- X Corp. He he's
2: putting an S like no, not a corpse. No, no, no hold on. <laughs> Is there this was an the thing?
0: <laughs> no the Grant the Grant Morrison yeah X Charles Xavier started a whole thing called the X Corp. The X Corporation. Right, yeah, yeah. At yep. the same time, Banshee started a paramilitary group called X Corp. Okay, okay. Spelled the exact same. That's hilarious. Both based
1: in Europe. It was a whole thing. That's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, this one would be Corp, uh, and okay. let's say it's there's a it's
0: it's warm it's it's warming. That's that's okay. Uh, All right, Moira X or Moira Ten. I I don't want to
1: say about any temperatures on that one.
0: Uh, okay. that's fine. That's that one has fine. ten you different temperatures. Need to blame Jonathan. Now, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> this,
2: no, the this last here. one. I'm. This last one I really want to know, though. Well, then I'm very well. Scared. This,
0: this, oh, this last one's actually also a softball.
2: Is it the Alan Moore? What? No, no.
0: Is I doing something? The modern Alan Moore. Is he? Doing, is he do, hey, they've is worked he together. Doing the Maggot Book. They've worked
1: together. Um, he is not doing a Maggot Book. Sorry. Oh, you're killing no. me, Jordan. <laughs> Hey, wh- why would you even bring him up? I don't even understand. In, in the I least, don't know. that makes no it's sense. Not,
0: it's not like you guys have done weird things with you know British creators being like, "Hey, what are they doing here?" <laughs> well, I don't even know. Like, what Sword you're on sale about. Wednesday. Uh,
1: yes, the, uh, obviously. Uh, I, you know what? I've uh, I've loved working with Sai in the past. Uh, he did such great work on uh, Doctor Afra. I was really, really proud That's of that right. book. And uh, I was I, sad to was leave that to one, one for sure. Mm-hmm. That was one of the well, ones I, I was again. I, 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 I at some I, I took a little slight break when I left the Star Wars books uh, from reading them as they came out. But uh, at some mm-hmm. point, uh, months into being an X Men editor, I went back and, and read all the things and caught up. And I was so impressed by everything he did there. Uh, he was so he was terrific, and I'm super thrilled that he won an award for it.
0: Mm. Good for him.
1: He got a, a, I believe it's the a Glad Award.
0: That's awesome. I know we have uh, one of our one of our writers, uh, Liz Large, absolutely loves uh, Doctor Aphra as a character, and uh, it's pretty much always reading that.
1: I love. Well, here's the thing. I uh, oh gosh, am I, is it, will it be okay for me to say this? Let me give it a shot. I love flawed characters, and I love effed up characters who make bad decisions. I mean, that's why I enjoy Doctor Aphra's
0: <laughs> not a good
1: character. No, and again, that's like,
0: she's not good. That's why I
1: loved working on Deadpool for so long. People like people would talk about how he's a hero and I'm like,
2: Bruh! he is terrible
1: and no one should be like him, but I like reading about him. And Afra is the same. Mm-hmm. And I am really thrilled that Kieran was able to pull that off with a lesbian character because there, there has often been a, a, a preciousness with, with mm-hmm. LGBT characters where it's like, well, they can't do bad things because we have to, show that we are positive um Mm -hmm. and the fact that uh she she's she's a a three-dimensional character like she just she 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 wants things she loves things she makes decisions that absolutely bite her on the ass she has a terrible relationship with with um oh my god i just forgot her, her her ex's name tolvin well you know the one with the metal jaw anyway it doesn't matter uh I love Afra, and I'm so thrilled that I got to work on her books for as long as I did.
0: And Sai did well, an amazing job. Well, we've got Whoa. we've got one last question before we throw just a few Twitter ones at your way. Oh goodness! And it is about Star Wars. Oh, let's hear so, a Star Wars
1: question. Ooh. So this
0: is this is because before before you took over X Men, you were you were shepherding in this new Star Wars comics era. Mm-hmm. You were you were doing the first real canon stuff. Yeah, forget that Legends. Garbage. This is real canon now. So I don't want to say that because people will get very mad at me, but you're right. Well, <laughs> you're about to get very mad at me, Jordan. Oh, no. So Alright, let's hear it. Alright. Mad About Me by Figure and Dan in the modal nodes was left genre list with the allocation of previous Star Wars Canon to the Legends designation. As Jordan D. White, a power player in the world of Star Wars Canon. What genre would you consider that iconic track?
1: Well, we all know the original (laughs) genre from Legends. (laughs) We all know what it was called, but now that we're in this new era, how can we say? Until there's a movie about it, until the Star Wars story, the figurin dance Star Wars story comes out, I think we won't know the answer to that. And listen, but you know what? It, it's from from my time watching The Mandalorian. I feel like if Dave Filoni has his say, you'll get your jizz music back. <laughs> he's bringing a lot of he's bringing a lot of legends into it. Oh,
2: my uh, that's that's
0: the best that's the best answer we could have got. My God. All right,
2: we do have some Twitter questions, right, Zach?
0: We had a lot. I've cut them down to five fairly quick, fairly good ones. If you guys want to ask Twitter questions, just wait for me to ask a question. And say we have a guest, and we're going to ask a few of your guys' questions. Make sure they're not garbage. That's that's all we ask is don't ask garbage questions. That's all. We did get a lot uh, of good
2: questions. Oh we Got I a lot say. of good
0: questions. A lot of. Good uh, questions. And we can't we can't ask all of them. Uh, but the first one comes to us from our friend Jason Large who asks, "Would you like some glob snacks?" I mean, sure, yeah. I've seen pictures <laughs> okay, of those. I'm...
1: Those look
2: delightful. Those are those are tasty. those
0: are friend-shaped uh gummy treats that my child absolutely adores. Uh yep. Will, will hook you up. What's the what's uh, this... the
1: inside
2: part? bones uh, they're candy okay. <laughs> sugar candy skeleton bones
1: oh like from those little coffin candies yes yeah. amazing yes. Like, that's amazing
0: it's i love brilliant it. creation it's, it's very good and very chewy uh this comes to us from uh he says he's a writer of some some degree uh chris hassan who asks why does chris hassan only ask bad questions on x-men monday
1: um that's a great question <laughs> uh I think the answer is because uh, since he is a full-time Marvel employee who's in charge of the X-Men, he only wants the X-Men to look good. Okay. <laughs> and if you have any thoughts on the direction of X-Men, just tweet it at him. He'll he'll change things for you.
0: <laughs> that's at interesting. Interesting. Oh, God! Son. I can't do
1: it! No, obviously that's not true! Please don't believe me! No one believed that. That's not true. That poor guy. <laughs> Poor
0: Chris. <laughs> listen, listen. I I told we him very Chris. explicitly. If he asks that, I'm going to make sure I put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> now this now this is an anonymous question from the crowd. Uh, Angsty X sent this in, and she asked, or I guess this anonymous person in the crowd, excuse me, but she's transcribing this for us. Oh, why you no know put Gambit in the event about the Deca Cause? He will have been good. Maybe he'd be waiting for an event like that for a while. So maybe next time you can do that. Sanji. <laughs> oh man that's
1: a great question well um i think the answer uh in the real world rather than in world is uh the same as the answer for every other character which is there's already a lot of freaking characters in this story like come on <laughs> find room for more <laughs> and the question uh in world uh, i think is that he has no time for this magic nonsense. I think he, he has already way more involved than he wanted to be in the buildup during Excalibur. And he could not care less about what apocalypse wants to accomplish.
0: Listen, all I, all I know is that you said, Hey, here's a deck of cards. And you <laughs> didn't have the guy who's known for a deck of cards throwing said tarot deck. It's just, it's a missed opportunity, if, but maybe if, in if, 11 of swords, you guys can get to it. If
1: Gambit charges, uh, a a tar- a tarot card. Oh man, I'm I I am saying this out loud, and I'm really should be typing it to Teeny. If Gambit charges a tarot card, and he's like involved in mutant magic, can he be like charging it with potential fate energy, and then he throws it at Ooh. someone, and then that thing comes true for them? I don't
0: know. Hey, it sounds like a pitch. <laughs> now <laughs> we're talking. Sounds. Now we're talking.
1: That's a fun idea.
0: All right. Uh, this uh this one is from at Mojo's work. And he asks, has there been a breakout character, creator, or even story slash series that you didn't see coming or didn't expect to have such an impact either within the universe or among fans?
1: Oh, that's
0: fascinating. Uh,
1: I I know the answer is yes. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Well, I mean, okay. here's the here's the easy answer is no, I had no idea people were going to go crazy for a giant. Crocodile guy. Um, yeah, how didn't you know that? <laughs> no, I did He's not. Six armed
0: crocodile. He looks oh, really man. cool, but
1: I didn't think people would get that crazy about him. Um, I literally commissioned Pogger, Pog. art from
0: him before he appeared on page. <laughs> that was surprising
1: to me. This is what I'm saying. I was shocked. No, I, I was surprised by the reaction before the comic came out. That's what I mean. Like people just saw him right. once and went like "Wow," and that's great. <laughs> I did not see it coming, but that's the easy answer. Let me think about like real story wise stuff. I mean, I think that. Uh, it it didn't happen in a moment that was like, oh my God, that happened. But I think it happened slowly and surely he became more and more and more and more and more important and central uh, just how important and invested everyone became in apocalypse and his wants and needs. Like when Mm -hmm. we cast him in Excalibur, I don't want to say it was a lark, but it was a little bit of a lark. Like, it was in the sense that we were, like, talking about, like, what the book was about and what it was. And I think I think it was TD's idea. So maybe she was planning it the whole time that she wanted him for that reason. But, like, the idea of, like, him as someone who's pursuing magic, we were like, oh, that's cool. But all of the reasons that he was uh, super important to everything that we just did for the last two months, those things didn't exist. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least not in the way that they ended up existing. Um, and like I said, it, it's, all, it's all stuff that happened like, a centimeter at a time. So it didn't feel like something crazy was happening until afterwards when Mm -hmm. you look back and you go, wow, oh my god, like, Apocalypse just, like, made people feel emotions. And, like,
0: (laughs) that's crazy. (laughs) He's a wife guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a wife guy. Yeah, it was weird that Blue Dad wife guy Apocalypse was a thing and it worked. Yeah. Like, I did not... I saw us making jokes. I did not see that actually like being emotionally impactful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's why I am not Teeny Howard.
1: Um, anybody else? Anybody else? Well, I mean, the answer is, oh, well, and then there's also, I, I guess it depends on at what point you you're asking from. Because if you ever said to me, hey, what do you think about a book? starring Orphan Maker and Nanny and Mm. Grey Crow and Empath and I don't know, maybe we'll throw Havoc in there. I would have been like, what? Like, no, that's (laughs) not a book. That's not a book we would do. What are you talking about? And then Zeb pitched it and I was like, wait, is he really pitching this? And then I read what he wanted to do and I was like, yeah, this, this is happening. Yeah. And even even after I said, let's do this book, I don't think I would have I realized how this book was going to be and what it was going to be like and how great it is. It's it's terrific. I, he's he's amazing. He's really, really I was great. excited
0: Jordan, about I, Nanny. I was I was not expecting there to have a part where Nanny becomes even more Nanny yeah. and it's it's fantastic.
2: Though I will say I read uh the this week's issue and um I did not see Silvermane. Um when oh, when can we oh. expect Silvermane to join the Team.
0: yeah resurrection
2: <laughs> protocols she's fine right no one
0: dies anymore uh, is she a mutant
1: <laughs> and also if she came back she died if she died she died in another world man so she's
0: gonna come That's back thinking she's a frog or something oh man um listen or betsy can come back as a frog then everyone can or- she was a swan <laughs> frog bear other kind of bear it was a lot maybe she was rescued by her
1: presumed father the gangster silvermane <laughs>
2: All right, you got it. Zach's <laughs> got at least one
0: more for you, right? This is the last one. Uh, this is from Sailor Wentz. Oh. Uh, Dear Jordan, Uh-oh. which it starts out that way. Mm-hmm. Why do you love Cable and hate Chibiusa? They're basically the same, but she has fewer guns in pockets. Is that is Does Sailor Chibi Moon just need more guns in pockets?
1: Now, okay, so I don't know. I don't know how much... If this person is referencing my other podcast, my other podcast, this is now my podcast.
0: I'm going way. to assume <laughs> much. Um, because we
1: do talk a lot about calling Shibiusa Cable and all the outer senshi are X-Force. Because if you don't know Sailor Moon, there's the original core Sailor Scouts who, or Sailor Senshi, depending on. Which version you're talking about? Uh, who are you know all good natured, power, friendship, and love, and then there are the outer century who come in who are um, Sailor Uranus, Sailor Neptune, Sailor Saturn, Sailor uh, Pluto. Who S- Sailor Uranus and Neptune literally come into the thing, going, "Hey, we're here to like murder somebody. Our plan is to like murder somebody to save. That's the best way to save things." And Sailor Moon is like, how about we don't?" And they're like, "You're a wuss. Get out of <laughs> our way. We're gonna murder somebody." And so it was very much that classic x-men x-force dynamic where it was the x-men are good and they don't kill and x-force is like sometimes you gotta kill by the way spoiler they didn't need to kill the sailor scouts were right and the outer senshi were wrong but we talked a lot about them being x-force and chibiusa being their cable because she's their child from the future now here's the thing that's a fun joke but let's get serious let's get serious
2: for a minute yes, about this. let's
1: because for all that i say i hate chibiusa I really, really hate Shibu but the reason I hate Shibu is because she's mean to Sailor Moon, who is the best. If Cable came back and all the time he was sitting there going like, ah, F you, Cyclops, you're the worst, and like making Cyclops miserable all the time, I might not like him as much. But right now they have such a, a lovely family dynamic Aww, going on.
2: They really so, do.
1: It's it's heartwarming. Now, of course, everybody says, "Yeah, but that eventually happens with Sailor Moon and used Yusa." Too bad. Too bad. I don't care. I still hate her.
0: She's the worst. She's the worst. <laughs> this has been a so fascinating brutally honest, and brawling uh, discussion. But I've had a lot oh my, of fun. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, our listeners have too. Uh, Jordan, you mentioned you mentioned you got the uh, you got the sailor sailor business yeah. that you do. Uh, anything else you want to plug besides telling people to uh, read more X-Books? I think that's what my Magic Decoder card here says to do. I don't know. Definitely read more (laughs) X-Books. Yeah, I mean, again, we've
1: got so much crazy stuff cooking for the next year. Like, we're really excited about it. Um, Things that people have no idea about or that you don't even know that you don't have an idea about, like, some of it. That's how out of left field it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, beyond that, if you love Sailor Moon, we've done hundred and ninety something episodes of sailor business uh, watching sailor Moon and then talking about each 22 minute episode for like an hour and a half each at least uh, <laughs> which is ridiculous and preposterous but we had a good time so you should check that out sailor business
0: Well, oh, good uh, I won't be because even though I do enjoy many of the Chris Sims family of podcasts I don't care about sailor Moon Jordan, I'm be
1: <laughs> I, I I have heard from fans who don't And have never watched Sailor Moon who have followed the series through me and Chris talking about it, which is also (laughs) ridiculous, but that's, that's fun. I'm happy to do it. I
0: I can't imagine that I wouldn't be like, well, now I have to watch Sailor Moon now as a 30 year old man (laughs) with children. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like that's a well, that, weird way to, like, start to get into Sailor That's your Moon.
1: excuse, man. You show it to the yes, children. Yes, it absolutely is.
0: <laughs> oh, wait. No. Dang it. Shoot, he does love My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, which I have heard is Horse Sailor Moon.
1: I, that I couldn't get into. So there you mm. are.
0: Listen, I've got I've got the four-year-old, and he has been obsessed with it over the last little bit. I do not. More power to him. Uh, <laughs> Un- unrelated to all that, you can find everything that we're doing on Twitter at Xavier Files or at XavierFiles.com. That's where you get all the latest and greatest X-Men news, content, bad lists about dumb things that we make up. Uh, also things that aren't X-Men. Uh, we have a whole thing about uh, King and Black that uh, is exciting. Uh, other books are coming. Daredevil. Read our thing about Daredevil that just came out this week. Because uh, Daredevil 25 rules, and y'all should uh, check that out. It's a great run. Uh, it's a- Listen, it's have you... I know you work it. You you know what the thing in Daredevil oh, 25? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I showed my wife and I said, I know you don't care. Look at this. And she said, wait, what's this big thing? Is Daredevil Daredevil? I said, yes, but also no, because Daredevil's in prison as Daredevil, but Matt Murdock's not. Oh, it's
2: great. So fun. So fun.
0: It's a good run. Hey, Adam, where can people find you on these internets?
2: You guys can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacey. And uh, if you want to donate to the uh, Patreon, it's patreon.com slash battle of the atom. Zach, what are we doing next week?
0: Well, next week, since all of our our Primo Marvel cash has run dry, we are going to have to go back to the well of our listener requests and come up with something good. But I think we've got something nice because we are going to be talking about the power pack. You know, yeah, Simonson, June Brinkman. It's good stuff. Uh, but there's no different.
2: mutants in that book. Well, these have some X-Men
0: in them. Hey, this is just cute. <laughs> I'm kidding. These I listen, listen. There were mutants in those books until last month. I'm just. That's Oof. not. That's not your office. I'm gonna, not, I'm gonna. I'm gonna not, keep not that out of office. here.
1: Jordan, thank uh, you Jordan, so thank much you for so coming. Much. Here. It's my pleasure. It was, it was a good time. I had fun. I'm sorry I babble. Great somewhere. catching up with you, buddy.
0: No, it was great. Uh, but until then, guys, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Yeah.